0: This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Three, two, one. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed.
1: When well, we know a hurricane's coming. We have hurricane preparedness and bottled water, uh, food, canned food, batteries, flashlights, things like that. You have all of that prepared, so. Uh, I think that is something that we've all learned that we need to prepare now for other things other than just hurricane season.
0: That's Texas Water Quality Association Executive Director Dana Grace talking about the severe winter storms in Texas and their impact on drinking water and on the water treatment industry. And welcome to WQA Radio, news and insights about the water treatment industry. You can find us at wqa.org, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is episode number 204. Joining us for the first time? Well, glad you're here. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss a show. It's the magic of podcasting. We're publishing this on February 24th of 2021. In this episode, we talk with Dana Grace about how Texas members responded to the widespread power and water outages in Texas, the lessons learned and the work still ahead to help residents recover. Plus, we'll have our WQA tip. Now on to my conversation with Dana Grace on WQA Radio. Well, it has been a very difficult time for folks down in Texas with the uh, winter storms and the extreme cold and snow and uh, the resulting widespread power outages, the resulting water shortages and problems that have affected just about everybody. And of course, that means our members uh, in Texas have been doing a great job and have been pulling extra duty, trying to uh, resolve all of the issues they can and work hard to meet customers' needs. So we wanted to catch up with Dana Grace, who's the Executive Director of the Texas Water Quality Association and see how things are going. And so Dana, welcome to WQA Radio.
1: Well, thank you, Wes, it's nice to be with you.
0: Well, it has been a very difficult time, I know. Uh, Give us a sense of what it's been like over the past, say, week to 10 days or so.
1: Well, it has been anything but normal for Texans. Um, You know, we had a drastic drop in the temperatures. And then with that, we got the layers of ice and the snow. Texans and snow don't mix. Um, You know, I was born and raised in Texas, and I've lived through hurricanes and storms. But I can tell you this was something like I had never witnessed. Um, I think that the tragic um, mass casualty wreck that happened on day one, I believe, in Fort Worth, kind of showed people that this was not something to take lightly and to understand that it was something we were not used to at all.
0: uh, Our hearts go out to you and to the members. So what are you hearing from the members about how this has affected them and what they've been called upon to do?
1: Well, I reached out to several of my members in various parts of the state because, you know, a lot of times when things like this happen, it it hits one part of Texas because it's so big, but it doesn't affect the rest. This affected everyone. And I know that there were a lot of people, uh, I think the final numbers that they came up with was 14 million with a loss of water and 4.4 million with a loss of power is the last numbers uh, that I had seen but that a lot of our dealers had lost those uh, as well. And then add on the uh, extra insult of the boil water advisory afterward. Um, all of that combined with the with the lack of ability to travel by the truckers and things caused the store shelves to become totally empty. Uh, it was post Harvey all over again where there was no food, no water. Um, that is just starting to resolve itself. And um, I think that with the increase in the temperature this week, hopefully it's going to get everybody back to normal.
0: Yeah. And what kinds of uh, stories did you hear from the members? What were, what were uh, the requests being made of them and obviously trying to help wherever they could?
1: Right. Um, well, one of my members that was in the Valley uh, told me that his, you know, one of his, uh, crisis resolutions, I guess you could call it, was you know when they lost the power in the water at their facility and they're a very large facility that he had no ability for his customers to contact him. so they used their Facebook tool on their phone and this enabled the customers to know the status of the company. and the customers then were in uh, invited to contact them to be able to report the issues that they, uh, that they needed to report so they could be a little bit ahead of knowing what they needed to schedule. And then one of my members in Austin uh, reached out and let me know that they uh, kept residential service texts and commercial texts on call for 24 hours. And then once it did somewhat resolve itself, they were able to open up their business on Saturday to help accommodate the people that could get there and needed water. And then my, um, I have a DFW member who is a bottler and he and his staff passed out 200 pallets of water in a box, which is one of his specialties. Um, And they did that with the hospitals and the areas that were on the boil water alert during the hours that they had no power so they could actually help people that way. And then finally, you know, you're in a disastrous situation when you hear that Jim Mackinville known as Mattress Mac, has once again opened up his furniture showroom through Houston to those who were in need. Um, he did that yet once again this year when the power went out, the water went out in Houston, and he stepped up, opened up his shelter for families, and he not only gives them lodging, he provides them food as well. So, you know, Texas people step up big when they need to. So it was nice to see.
0: Is he the gentleman who spoke at the TWA convention a couple of years ago?
1: He is, yes. I've been honored to have him twice. And he is he is one of those people that if you ever needed something, he would be the man to ask. He's, he's an angel.
0: Well, as you mentioned earlier, uh, things are warming up now. So that's the best news uh, p- uh, if possible, obviously. But I did see reports that this could be weeks, if not months. For some residents to recover, so I imagine that the demands placed upon your members and WQA members, uh, who many of them are the same, um, will be ongoing for some time to come.
1: Right. the 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 comments that I've gotten again from some of the people that I reached out to is that not only is it the water, the electricity, things like that were that were instantaneous. Now it's resulting in a in a demand. Uh, problem and a readily available with PVC piping, filter housings, things like that. The supply and demand is upside down. The demand is so extensive right now that there are not the supplies needed for people to be able to get things fixed. Then I talked to one of my water well companies this morning that indicated they have three techs, which is their normal staff with 150 water wells waiting to be activated in service because they these people have no water so but there's no pumps so you know they're getting creative um his company actually reached out to an hvac company to see if they could help them obtain some of the supplies they needed and they did that and helped and got them a few more people that they could help service so they're starting to think outside the box out of need
0: yeah and and as we've learned all this last year with covid uh you do start to think outside the box a little bit more and new yeah. lessons are learned and you know new skills are are picked up and um we we tend to we tend to progress i think in in ways that we may not have experienced uh earlier and when something like this happens not to say we love going through the experience right but no, but we certainly do learn from them. So, I guess again, sort of along the lines of the recovery, the lessons learned will be something that you'll be talking about for some time
1: right. Um, the uh, the two people that really uh, answered that question to me were one of them talked about the fact that the thing he learned was that he truly needed really large generators that would accommodate his entire Uh, shop rather than trying to piece together small ones that's a high dollar expense that a lot of companies don't want to have to front but and he's in a hurricane prone area so he has made it through hurricanes without having to have one but after this that shows you how drastic it was even down in the valley because he is you know that is one of his top priorities the other the other member that caught my attention was she had commented that that this taught her that her company needed to have a better uh, pre-communication strategy because had, I mean, we don't get weather like this. It, it's supposedly a hundred year, I hope it's a hundred year storm, but um, we don't get weather of this intensity where it could be below zero and the ice and all of that. And so the members aren't used to having to treat their equipment and protect their equipment and things of that nature, nor are the dealers used to having to notify these people of that. So I think the members have learned that preparing ahead of time, just like we do with hurricanes. When we know a hurricane's coming, we have hurricane preparedness and bottled water, uh, food, canned food, batteries, flashlights, things like that. You have all of that prepared. So uh, I think that is something that we've all learned that we need to prepare now for other things other than just hurricane season.
0: Talking with Dana Grace, Executive Director of the Texas Water Quality Association. And uh, yeah, let's uh, wrap it up with any further thoughts you might have, Dana, as you um, you know look ahead to the spring and summer.
1: Well, I am definitely anxious about uh, moving forward with both the TWQA convention that we are mo- we are still anticipating and planning for a ver- uh, face-to-face at the Marriott River Center in San Antonio, July 12 through the 16th, which is just a couple of weeks before WQA will be having their convention in Las Vegas. So we will get to see each other twice in person. I am yeah. so excited. Face
0: to face. Great to catch up with you. Thank you so much.
1: Well, let me just say too, and I, I'm kind of oversight. Uh, thank you to WQA for all the help that y'all gave us on that. Dave Loveday wa- and yourself were both very um, very hands-on with us. And then also for all of the wonderful suppliers and other members across the United States that took the time to call to check on us. Yeah, it just shows you how, how solid this whole industry is and we really appreciated it.
0: Our WQA tip, plan now to join us for the WQA Annual Meeting to be held online April 27th at noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central. We'll have the election of officers, the 2021 Leadership Awards, plus a keynote address. All WQA members are invited to participate in this year's annual meeting. Again, that's April 27th, noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, a podcast of the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on most popular podcast apps. Learn more about water at WQA.org and of course, learn about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at WQA.org. This is Wes Bleed, So Long, from WQA Radio.